Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Hello. You know, oh. um, I've been listening to some podcasts recently. I've kind of got back into it. I've been, um, I had kind of a little gap. And it really dawned on me that actually when we record this every week, people listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I'd forgotten that people listen. So <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody. Thank and, you. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing in this experience with us. Oh yeah, we are very grateful. Oh, totally, absolutely. And it it is good to sometimes remember that people are listening because I sometimes get a little fast and loose with the profanities and everything. So it's just nice. I don't think we're too bad. I don't think we're too bad. You're right. Actually, it just it gets a lot worse out there in podcast land for sure. But this is so it's so true. Like let's have a little love fest for the folks who listen because these are the things, these are the stories and the topics and the questions that we cultivate mm. from our listeners, from our coaching. Yeah. And we butter it up with a whole bunch of stuff from our personal life too. So Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing we're it. Sharing more than uh, a little bit of TMI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. I was I was talking to somebody recently just around kind of what we do and um and I was talking about the relationship course that I've got and and it just any time when I kind of lose focus or lose faith in what I'm doing, if I just bring it back to why and the reason being just genuinely wanting to help people who are mm. struggling with their relationships or mm. just to share some kind of a few kind of tidbits that really help people in their day-to-day life, even if they're not kind of really struggling with something major, mm. just the little kind of, sometimes you just get those little nuggets that are just enough to mm. um, to brighten up your week or to make you pause and think. Um, and that's the reason that we do it. And um, yeah, so I feel like I'm being grounded yeah. in that this week. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sounds good. Mm. That sounds good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I feel like the whole world is going to just get better because I just saw an announcement that Australia, for the first time in two years, is opening up its borders. I'm like, holy shit, we're done. Yes, totally. (laughs) I saw that. And I know somebody who's getting married in Jersey who's family or living in uh, part of their family or living in Australia yeah. and so I know that they will be delighted mm. that the borders are opening up because it means that they can come to Jersey to celebrate in their um, sister's wedding which is yeah. just beautiful so oh yeah my gosh. it has all all these things have such a big impact on our daily lives and it uh, it's great news Fantastic. And we've missed all the Australians who like come and hang out and like travel with their <laughs> fancy accents. <laughs> we miss all must, that. Must take a long time to get from Australia to America though, right? Oh, How long does indeed. it take? I think direct flights are like definitely 18 hours, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a long sure. time, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, they can freely make the journey again. Yes. Come on by. It's so, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. I feel like this is a turning point. We're all good. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's going to be a bright one. Oh my God, yeah. All right, so what's shaking okay. over at the relationship desk of l'amour? Yes. <laughs> um, right, before I go to relationship love desk, I want to clear up my inaccuracies over Valentine's Day. Oh, okay, okay, all <laughs> so right. So I did a little bit of research this morning because I thought, 
I was actually listening to our playback for for uh, for the podcast. I'm halfway through, by the way. Um, so yeah, thank you for sending that over. Um, and and I thought, God, I really should have before we started a Valentine's Day edition. I should have really um, investigated what it was all about. Oh. And um, so it does date back to it. It, it is a, um, a Catholic. Um, it's got a Catholic background in that there was a Saint Valentine. But apparently there's more than one Valentine. So it does have that kind of origin with love and and connection. But then in the 18th century, I think it was in England, was when it actually first became a thing to send to send cards and gifts um, to to celebrate your love for somebody else. Mm. And that actually originated in England and then went over to America. So, oh, you guys were doing it first. And 250 million Valentine's gifts are sent every year. Oh my God. Yeah. Apparently 62% of Americans celebrate Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. A nation of lovers. Wow. That's like, there's more people who agree on Valentine's Day than who agree who should run the country. Like that's a lot Mm of consensus. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's It's the only time outside of Christmas that there are more cards sent. Oh, and I think Mother's Day is also one of those big ones, but... Yeah, apparently not yeah. as big as Valentine's Day from, if you believe everything you read on the internet, that is. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's so interesting. <laughs> Which is the source of my research. <laughs> of course, of course. Yes. So therefore it must be true. <laughs> must be true. It's the internet. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Didn't exactly. get us into so, any trouble at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's so funny. So, um, so yeah, there you go. I've, so I've done nice. a bit of research. Anyway, I'm clearing up my inaccuracies from last year. Very sort of good. made up holiday, which I genuinely thought it was. <laughs> Very good. See how cynical I am about commercialism? <laughs> no, it's lovely. I, no, listen, made up holiday. Look, at some point in time, every holiday has been made up or there's yeah. been com- consumer interest in it. Commercial capitalism. Been, yeah, commercialized. Absolutely. So back to the real uh, relationship love desk for yeah. this week. Okay, okay. So this week, I've got an article that I was reading, which is about what men want and need from a relationship okay all right now this isn't an angle we often think about and it got Mm -hmm. me thinking why don't we think about this and I think we kind of fall into this um wrong assumption that men don't have feelings how they're thinking and feeling doesn't really matter they're just kind of okay they're just they're absolutely fine they don't connect with the same challenges or thoughts Mm. that women have and therefore a lot of the stuff that you read is all about kind of how do I um, how do we make a woman feel happy? How do we mm-hmm. satisfy the woman in our life? So this is turning the tables, which I quite like. Oh, yeah. So here is some insight for any of our female listeners or any of our gay listeners who want to um, to celebrate the other man in their life. So these are, um, what have we got here? We have 13 things he wants to hear. Ah. And this is all about men need love too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they want to hear, I'm proud of you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's not just about kind of women feeling like their other half is, is proud of them. Men want to hear those words um, uttered as well. They also want to hear, I love how you make me feel. Mm-hmm. So going back to that kind of lovely feeling. So this is all about a kind of emotional or physical connection, having that greater bond, just knowing that your that your man makes you feel a certain way mm-hmm. and that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. I trust you. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. It says with all the negativity floating around in the world today, it's much easier to keep ourselves guarded and not fully trust somebody 
The truth is, though, that if a man does not feel trusted, he will constantly feel insecure in the relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. They also want to hear, you can trust me. Oh, yeah. So that trust needs to work both ways. Yeah. They'd like to hear thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. So some of those, so it goes on to talk about some of the little things like picking up a prescription or um, or maybe taking you to dinner or meeting you for a coffee. They want to hear those small words of thank you mm-hmm. goes a long way. Mm-hmm. I respect you. Mm. I support you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you. Mm. And this one I quite like, you look handsome or whatever other compliment you might want to, to right. choose. So right. how often do we pay uh, the men in our lives a compliment? Yeah. I can really see the difference. Now, this one is connected to men also feeling a little bit insecure about their bodies too. So we all want to, to know that the effort that we've been put in to keep ourselves trim or to tackle a, 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 an issue has been appreciated mm. and, and the difference has been noticed. Mm-hmm. And it, we all feel like that when we've put in some effort or have had something that is a challenge that we've been facing and we've Mm. tried to overcome that you Mm -hmm. want to see some recognition for that yeah yeah i want you yeah (laughs) yeah who doesn't want to be wanted in their relationship you can tell me anything ah okay and finally you make me happy oh nice yeah i think there's there's one that i would add which is i'm Mm. sorry Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> As Anna's saying those words, I'm thinking, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we are so resistant to mm. say, I'm sorry, that like, you know, in a healthy relationship, right? But yeah. if if we don't say I'm sorry, then, um, and it's funny because, it, so all this is ringing true because I, I actually coach a fair amount of men and it's phenomenal mm. to see the other side. We tend to really sort of, some of us tend to beat up on our men thinking that they can kind of take and take it. And yeah. and, and one of the big things is not saying I'm sorry when, you know, a mistake has been made or, or that you maybe were hurtful uh, to your man. Yeah, and, and, yeah uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think the whole list for me, the link between all of it is we're not very good at expressing how we feel and, and what's going on for us. We assume that the other person just knows and I, and I don't know if that's worse when, we're, you know, between a, a woman and a man where we kind of assume that they, well, they just know how I'm feeling mm-hmm. um, or they don't want to hear it. Um, so that, you know, it's not important to them. Therefore, there's no need to share it. Um, but the list itself, I think, really just hones in on the fact that we need, rather than being guarded about what's going on internally, the more we can open up about it. Mm-hmm. And even in, in little things in the moment, I don't, there's nothing on that list that's that's talking about a grand gesture. Mm-hmm. They're all little things in the moment where often we think things, but we don't express them. Mm-hmm. So particularly, I think that whole thing about, oh, you look handsome or you're looking sharp today. Um, I really like your shirt. You know, whatever it is, whatever compliment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll think that, but not express it. And mm-hmm. and men need to hear those things too. Totally. Yeah, because we're, we're often saying a lot, but a lot of what we're often saying is, you didn't do this well enough. You're yeah. not doing that. <laughs> you're not showing up. And that way we're very vocal about what they're not doing. Uh, we forget to be vocal about what they are doing. So yeah. true. Well, because we're programmed to look for negative situations. Yeah. And we've got to re reprogram that, I think, yeah. to to look at those more positive affirmations about why we're together and celebrate those yeah, in true. little small, small ways. It's true. Mm. Yeah. 
I also find it's just super important. Like men are like super um, shy or just super uncertain about their penis size. So it always helps to really just be like, <laughs> I love that. Love it. Thinking about it. Would like to have more of it. It's it's amazing. Like, don't be shy about um, about complimenting your dude's penis size. If you like it. If you don't, I mean, don't lie. But if you like it, don't forget to say it. <laughs> uh, well, that took six minutes to get around to sex. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You're slipping, girl. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> totally. Uh, yes uh, absolutely compliment um compliment your man in whichever way you see fit yeah absolutely don't leave things unsaid basically no definitely don't leave mm-hmm. things unsaid if you feel them and they're and especially if they're something that's of a positive nature then then share them if you feel them and they're, they're less negative have a little think before you share them just about the right way to convey that mm-hmm. message yeah totally true Oh, thank you. That was great. Alrighty. Mm. Okay. Shall we uh, do a hot topic? Ah, let's go. Today's hot topic is relationship myths. Oh, this is perfect timing (laughs) for the time (laughs) of year where we feel the pressure to go to a restaurant and sit with a bunch of awkward couples awkwardly. (laughs) relationship myths this is good which i'll be doing a week today (laughs) you will be doing oh good okay so you are ponying up oh i have to say i've totally redeemed myself on the valentine's front hello really i have purchased a gift for (gasps) my um for my man what now i'm not going to share what it is but i have purchased a gift i have stepped in to valentine's and and i think this will be a nice gift that he will appreciate oh beautiful oh my gosh are you proud i felt like i needed to redeem myself after last week oh that sounds lovely (laughs) that sounds lovely oh this is so exciting that that's gonna be so much fun to give him yeah Mm -hmm. no i'm looking forward to it good oh very nice i'll I'll share the reaction good good okay (laughs) so you didn't go with the playlist then you actually i didn't go with the playlist well i kind of thought now if he does listen then he's just gonna realize that was not my idea oh okay (laughs) so i felt like i needed something that was an original idea right and um and in the true universe style something was delivered to me that made me think oh "Oh, that's what i need in my life very nice very nice yes all right all right i like it good to know congratulations (laughs) very nice all right, so on to relationship myths. Um, mm. Now, when I was thinking about this topic this morning, I genuinely feel like we could fill kind of two or three hot topics with the list that I've mm. got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it's so interesting when you start to lift the lid on some of the myths that we have. Totally. What are the similar mm. ones coming to your mind? So I think one of the relationship myths that come to mind, the first one I think that came to mind for me was if it's difficult, it's not meant to be. Ah. So the yep. slightest bit of discomfort in a relationship or mm. the slightest challenges, we're very, we can be very quick to pull up the drawbridge and just say, do you know what, that, mm. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And back off and um, and not take the responsibility on and just say, no, I'm, I'm done, this isn't for me. Mm. And we know that relationships can be tricky at times and they require some effort. Mm -hmm. And that effort, like anything in life, the effort that you put in is then you'll reap the rewards down down the road. Hmm. Good one. Mm. That sounds good. Yeah. What were some of the things you thought of? You know, big, big thing is like, and I'm, I'm 
just in stereo realizing this, not just in my clients, but also in my patients and in my own personal life is like, we are not all things to one person. Yes. Mm. Oh, it is really hard. Like this whole, like you complete me. And it's just, it's shocking how if we don't give ourselves permission to see our partner as probably one of the most important people in our life and that we do, we're a good teammate and we sort of think of the long game. We think of sort mm. of if we get to live to the age of 80, what, how will we be supporting each other? But like, yeah. they're not going to be our solitary entertainment. You know, it doesn't yeah. take the place of friends. It doesn't, you know, and even sexually is like a little bit dicey for a lot of folks. You know, for a lot mm. of folks, their partner is not sufficient to sort of complete them in terms of their sexual identity or their 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 experiences that they want to create um so that's just huge for me and it's the hardest thing because I, I just I'm so bought up in this whole the romantic the, the sirens are agreeing with me um the, this whole <laughs> romance novel like the the movie of the happily ever after that stops well the reason why it stops is because then it just it gets a little hard after the mm. the happily ever after yeah and link to that I think happy ever after is a myth because that I don't think that that does exist I don't think that we there's another one as well that kind of came to me which really rings true with a lot of the kind of my thought processes and the things that I share with couples as well is that you know we we commit once Mm. and we don't so we have to commit on a daily basis um there isn't just a thing where we commit once we um we start we start a relationship we get married we make that commitment then we live happily ever after that whole thing and there's a couple of myths tied up in that Mm. that whole thing just doesn't exist that's Mm. not how it is and it links back to that first thing around it's you know it's it's meant to be difficult at times that's just that's just how life works Mm -hmm. you know there's nothing there's nothing that we do whether that's um being a a mother a father a a colleague a boss um being a a teacher being a sister a brother there's none of those relationships a a friend there's none of that where it's always plain sailing because it just isn't Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's not how it works no totally and the hardest things give the bring the most happiness in the end. I think the hardest things are the biggest lessons. I think one of the hugest mm. lessons is that we will change dramatically as people, as individuals in the course of our lifetime. Yeah. And so the person that you married, if you're lucky, all the fundamental values will still stay in place. And that's not yeah. even guaranteed either. But no. but the vast you'll see a lot of things changing. Somebody will want to become vegan. Mm. Another person will decide that they want to totally change their career. Yeah. Um, they might decide to change their religion. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's a fundamental shift. But like the the thing is, is that hopefully a lot of us will be coming closer and closer to sort of realizing the real person. And perhaps we met each other in our people pleasing phase where we were doing a lot of yeah. shit that didn't actually align with our values. And mm-hmm. in a hard direction, some people face depression, anxiety, yeah. physical disability, um, perhaps they were a different person and and now they, you know, have issues with their mood and functioning and so forth. And they're uninterested in the things that they used to be interested in. Maybe they have a chronic fatigue, uh, mm. uh, something that makes them chronically fatigued and they're sleeping a lot of the day. I mean, we, yeah, we just, we don't know who we're signing up for or what we're signing up for in a relationship, but we're saying nonetheless, despite the change, we're going to keep going. Uh, yeah. And some decide, nope, that's it. We're checking off that train. But um, but yeah, it's change is the change is the only constant. It's the only known. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it is true. Yeah. yeah, 
It is. I feel like I'm a bit overfired about that. I just I just see so much change. Yeah. I think it really kind of but, depresses me a bit, actually, sometimes. But it's true. Well, we have this real negative view about change because we're like creature comforts. Mm-hmm. We like to know. We like certainty. Change freaks us out a little bit. But it, it is trying to change the narrative a little bit and switch that out. Because if change wasn't scary, if it was didn't feel impossible... What else would you be feeling about that situation? If we, if we mm. take the fear out of it, what are you left with? Um, and often the flip side of that is the excitement, the opportunity, the chance to do things in a different way, to maybe explore something that we've never really thought about as being an option before. Mm-hmm. You know, you say that we change over time, we really do. Mm-hmm. You've only got to look at the things that you that you liked eating when you were a child. And <laughs> yeah. I know that has changed for me massively and... <laughs> Yeah. So even just something as simplistic as, as, as what we enjoy food-wise changes as we're introduced to new cuisines, to different ingredients, to different um, different ways of, of cooking things and, um, and different, I guess, kind of fads that come along. Mm-hmm. And we find out, oh, actually, I like a bit of that. I'm going to keep a bit of that. I, I'm not so keen on that. I'll maybe switch that out a bit. And we'll, we'll find a way that works for us, mm-hmm. that, that makes us happy. Um, I was listening to a podcast at the weekend about neuroplasticity Ah. and I'm a little bit obsessed with how the brain works Um, and it was and it was talking about how we need to constantly be faced with challenges changes different skill sets Mm -hmm. when in order to keep the brain plastic and um, and keep it thriving Mm -hmm. then we really want to welcome and embrace new things into our lives and try to to master new skills whether that's languages or um, doing a sudoku puzzle to keep that elasticity in the brain and to keep us as healthier and and that is no different when we're faced with the with the relationship that we have with a partner. If they stay in in a certain box or a certain sphere, and it doesn't ever expand outside of that, and nothing changes within that box, then we're not developing as human beings mm-hmm. in that situation. So we're really we're designed to develop, we're designed to grow, and we're designed designed to learn new things. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. Which is exciting. I mean, it is. Look. I, and I, but look, I get that yeah. it's scary at the same time. It, I mean, it's terrifying because you mm. feel like you're going to lose somebody, you know, essentially. Mm. But it is like, especially like if I look back on my relationship, it is so cool to see my partner and how he's developed since his mid-20s. Like it's shocking yeah. the leaps that he's taken, the things mm. that he's learned, the, the preconceptions that he's challenged. It, like it is, it is such a joy to have a front row seat to somebody else's evolution. It's so cool. Yeah. It's and to yeah. see somebody overcome challenges and get back up again and mm. unbelievable. Yeah. There so was a cool. great line in this uh, in this podcast as well. It said, if you were to meet your seven year old self now, mm. you'd have more in common with your peers than you would your your seven year old self because oh, you've changed so much. Totally. And I was like, Oh yeah. my god, what a what a wicked way to think about it. Um, totally. But anyway, we're deviating off topic. I am uh, derailing us. <laughs> yeah, no. What are the, um, so, well, speaking of that, though, one of my uh, myths is people don't change. So we have this relationship myth that mm. people think, oh, ones have done something bad, or if that's, that's, mm. that's who they are. We kind of label people in a, mm-hmm. we label that we give them a label, we specify this is who we are, and, and that's, that becomes their identity. Mm-hmm. And we then can have this view, well, they're never going to change from that. And it's totally not true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Mm. I 
for me, like in terms of relationship myths, like I feel like we've really like drilled down to like the essentials where I sort of sit and look back and I think, holy crap, um, this is not what's shown on Instagram. No. Yeah. We're, I, you know, we're not close to wedding season, but we're coming up on a wedding season and we're probably coming up on a season where folks are possibly going to have the weddings that they've been putting off for three years. Mm. And this isn't the stuff that you hear about. Like, it's shocking. Like if you could pack a few of these antidotes to the myths in in your back Mm. pocket, you know, yeah, I think for me, and I think my overwhelm is because, and I think I'm really, I'm really overwhelmed actually because I'm back in clinical practice and I'm seeing a lot of these relationship myths. People are just driving down the road with these myths. They're refusing Mm. to want to acknowledge the truth. And you can see like as a family physician and I'm, you know, a lot of young families and stuff. And I'm like, holy crap, you're ignoring what is going on. Mm. (laughs) And it's, it's heartbreaking and it's frustrating. I find myself really getting in the box of it, but you know, if you keep driving down the road of a relationship myth, you're going to be missing some big signposts. Yeah. So I think I'm just yeah. feeling the feels of, um, mm. it, it's hard to acknowledge that these are myths. It's like, there is no Santa Claus. Oh my gosh, I just said it. But, you know, it, once you realize that... <laughs> I hope your children are not listening. <laughs> I hope your children... Well, I, I think <laughs> you probably for learned... more than just the reason of the, s- of the Santa Claus story. If I'm <laughs> Oh, totally. Maybe it's the penis references also that would make you have this. Yeah, probably should have said that earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, it is this, we do have this view that we've gotten, the brain just likes these little compartments to put life into. And we like, it's almost like having, um, guidance notes or you know those those lights that go down the runway that mm-hmm. kind of guide us into where we want to be and mm-hmm. and we um and we navigate our life through this so we have beliefs that we um that we hold and and we hold to be true mm-hmm. and the the problem is that not all of those beliefs are true and not all of them are going to serve you in the right way so mm-hmm. the reason i guess that we wanted to share this as a topic is to to highlight that some of the thoughts that we may have aren't necessarily true and um and can then cause more destruction in your relationship by by believing them mm-hmm. i think you know as we head into this marriage season one of the myths is that well if we just get married everything will be okay <laughs> or even worse than that if we just have children oh God. everything will be okay mm-hmm. and you know there's no stick and plaster for anything in your relationship the only mm. and, and this is why we say that all relationships will involve some some work mm. some more than others um but th- there will be some amount of effort that's needed because mm-hmm. the stick and plaster is never going to work mm-hmm. we need to dig below the surface absolutely Mm. yeah tell them passionate the pen's getting yeah the waved around <laughs> the pen's getting whirly <laughs> yeah it is indeed it is oh, indeed yeah. so I, I do you know what i'm i could go on and on and i think there's a list um one of the best ones is though that there's that there's just one person for all of us yeah like <laughs> that is just so not true it's total horseshit yeah yeah completely so yeah let's stop there <laughs> if that's what you think if you're looking for the one um stop yeah stop just look for anybody have a relationship with them yeah uh see if you can do your best to make it work and um take some joy from it and pleasure look for good in each other and you never know they might turn out to be the one (laughs) yeah yeah there you go 
Mm-hmm. Stop with stop overthinking it and looking for a yeah. mysterious person. Yeah. Out of seven billion. Yeah. There's like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. All right. All right. Should we do a question? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Today's question. My partner had an emotional affair, but she refuses to apologize. What should I do? Oh my gosh. I'm seeing a lot of this these days, like a lot, Mm. a lot. So I guess we should clarify what the word or the term emotional affair means. Oh yes. Because it's not, I mean, call me old fashioned, but relationships are relationships. And there's a lot of new terminology that, um, maybe doesn't always enter into everybody's sphere. So what do we mean by an emotional affair? Yeah. Yeah. So affairs are not just bumping genitals. Mm. Affairs can be a lot of things. Infidelity, or maybe infidelity can be a lot of things. Infidelity can, in certain circumstances, be watching porn. It can be having conversations with people where there's emotions. So basically, an emotional affair is where you have become emotionally entangled with somebody else. You haven't necessarily had physical sex or, or uh, intimacy, uh, but you're very much emotionally entangled with that person. Mm. I, actually, I'm curious, what's your definition? Because I want to see if <laughs> mine kind of so, sucks. Yeah, so I would say it's a relationship. It's like a friendship, but it's then teetering mm. on the edge of that intimate, mm. kind of almost sliding into intimate connection without physically touching. Right. So you can have like lots of sharing of personal stories. You can have sexual content. You can have sexting. Yeah, I wouldn't quite go as far as sexting if it was me. But I don't know. Like, I mean, I think and this is the this is the challenge, isn't there? Mm. So because we have different interpretations about things all the time. Uh. And it can just be as simple as forming a really, really close bond with somebody where you really put your trust in them you really share your you open up quite intimately about lots of things that are happening in your life and that's why I kind of I almost feel like it's on the edge without any without showing any sort of physical Mm -hmm. you so I would say for me it isn't about the sexting it's more about that it's kind of like a friendship that's just stepping towards the possibility of having Mm. a full-blown affair because you then maybe start to think about them quite a lot Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and actually the the amount that you think about them as opposed to your partner Mm. is is kind of outweighed so there's a real imbalance as to how much emphasis you're putting on this relationship with this other person which is totally out of kilter to how a normal relationship would be that's how I would describe it you know, they start to occupy your thoughts quite a bit. You're sharing a lot of messages. You're doing, you know, you're sharing. Maybe it's like a good morning text or a good night ah, text with each yes. other, which is the type of behavior you would have with an intimate partner, but without having that whole physical intimate side, I think. Ah, yes. You might be saying to yourself, you know what? They'd understand me. My partner doesn't understand me. Or I saw this beautiful thing today and I wanted to reach out to my other Mm. not my partner yeah Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I I think the way that we justify that in the mind is that well I've not I'm not doing anything wrong it's just a friendship Mm -hmm. but there's right if you started to to dig beneath it I would say that there is more than a friendship there it's more than that 
that you know lets me for just a coffee every so often as a friend it's yeah. there's more to it than that and I think it I think it's about the energy the investment of energy in somebody other than your partner that outtips the amount of investment and energy that you have in your relationship yeah there's a sway and I think there's a point where it tips over yeah yeah and it, it you could think about like like how much real estate is this person yeah uh, you know taking up in my mind and chances are like for both the sorrowful things as well as for the joyful things like that per other person is taking up more real estate in your brain than your partner is like you could mm. definitely you're an energy person I'm thinking brain real estate so yeah. like how many square meters is taken up by this other person yeah. and you'd have to like if it fits the bill of an emotional affair you'd be like yeah I'm thinking about them all the time and yeah. I'm thinking my partner doesn't understand me they're not you know yeah. whatever they're not there for me whatever this other person is there for me yeah yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And one of the challenges for me that I find difficult is, and let's talk about a heterosexual relationship just for a second to think about this concept, but it applies both ways as well. So if you have a, a man and a woman that are married or in a long-term relationship and that woman has a relationship with another woman who's a friend but the same thing happens. So they're spending a lot of time together. They are texting each other all the time. They're um, maybe watching a virtual movie together or whatever it is. There's this real, you know, there's a there's a an increase in, in time and bond that happens. Mm-hmm. I think that then gets viewed very differently to if that same thing happens and it's with a man. Hmm. And this is one of the challenges, I think, is... Do you feel the same? And and then the man in the relationship feels, I would imagine, would feel more threatened mm. if that was happening with a with a male friend right. than the word if it was happening with a female friend. Right. So maybe so maybe what this comes down to is like an emotional affair you can't actually point it out in many cases because mm. there's been no bumping of genitals. So that's yeah. bumping of genitals tends to be quite or even sexting tends to be quite clear. Yeah. So I think what you're saying is, you know, it's hard to call it. And you're right. There's a gender bias. Like if you were, mm. if you are attracted to one gender and not attracted to another gender and you you form a very close friendship yeah. bond with a gender to which you're not attracted to, then, then a lot of folks would just sort of be like, oh yeah, that's fine. But you know, it, it's viewed as differently. So I think part of this question is, you know, does the person take accountability? Does this person think this is an emotional affair yeah the person asking the question believes it is clearly does my partner's yeah. having an emotional affair so so that the tricky thing is even acknowledging that we're on the same playing field mm. yeah and and again you know linking back to the relationship myths this is a myth isn't it that we both mm. that we're always going to see things in the same way um we're always going to have a view you, you know, we're both coming on the same page about what an emotional affair is. Well, we're not really because mm-hmm. it's a lane and we're on it somewhere and that can often be very different. Mm-hmm. And the gap then between how I experience and interpret that and how you do then is what's causing the challenge in this relationship because one party clearly sees it as, well, I didn't have an affair, therefore I've got nothing to apologize for, I'm guessing, yeah. from the way the question is yeah. is written. Whereas the other one sees it as a very big betrayal. And there's a real big difference about how they're viewing this situation. Yeah. For one, it's a betrayal. For the other, it isn't. I haven't done anything wrong. Absolutely. Therefore, I've got nothing to say sorry about. Correct. 
So here's where, and I've actually encountered this, so here's the concern. The concern is you're stonewalling the person with the concern is to say, well, we didn't bump genitals, so I've not done anything wrong. I'm not going to apologize. And what's in mm. that is I'm not going to talk about it either. Mm. Not going to talk about it. So that's stonewalling. And stonewalling is not productive because you've basically yeah. got a partner who is terribly hurt, feels terribly betrayed, and their partner is not talking. That's mm. the concern right there. Yeah. We might not believe that we are at fault, but we've our, our partner is really, really hurt. Yeah. And I guess on the other side, though, it's whether how important is it that you get an apology or is that just the start of this situation? So what happens if that apology never comes? But is it I'm getting a sense of that the person that apology is the only thing that matters? Well, the apology, meaning that I'm right, you're wrong and you'll never do this again. Yeah, but you've got kind of those two, you've got these two spectrums, haven't you, where you've Mm. got two people that both think they're right. Yeah. And neither one is, is, I'm getting a sense, neither one of them is is wanting to back down from that. I've got my position and I'm holding it firm. I've got my position and I'm holding it firm. Right. And all we're ending up with is this destructive um, gap in the middle. Right. So for me, part of that discussion is... How could you even get away from the apology or not apology? How do you get to the source of the challenge and the things that are coming up for you? Is it about the the potential for infidelity and what that means to you? Is it about some of your own insecurities and in connection with that? Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean for the other person? Why why is it that they did seek out a connection with somebody else, whether you know emotional or? you know, what was it they were getting from that relationship that they weren't getting from their existing relationship? So it's the unpicking of of the thing. And I'd almost even encourage them not to talk about the apology. Absolutely. Because you want to get to the things that are below and not have that. That apology is just the bit that's blocking them from understanding each other's underlying challenges. Because that's the bit that they're clinging on to. That's the rock in the middle of the sea that they're they're not prepared to let go of. Because... The apology basically assumes that what was done was wrong and that one person is right and one person is wrong. Yeah. But if I were coaching these two folks, I'd start by saying, guys, look, I'm going to give you a big pass, lots and lots of grace here, because the thing is, in our Western model, we've Mm. never defined what infidelity is. Mm. It is so curious, though. You're right. The apology is the distractor. Yeah. That's the bit they're clinging on to, because that's the bit that makes them feel okay about the situation. Yeah. If I win, I feel okay about that, but it doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. Winning does not solve the problem. And it, it's not that's that it not even the, again. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not even the battle though, is it? Mm-hmm. So I'm winning a battle that isn't even the, the that's not even the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, therefore it's not a victory. Yeah. It's so true. Oh, mm. I like that. Keeping the apology out of the room. Yeah. Because if it's not about that, what else is it about? Yeah. How would you approach coaching a couple like this? I think probably similar to you, it is around exploring what all of this means. What are your individual interpretations? But it's it's more than that. It's below that around how did that situation make you feel and why did you go and seek to seek out that connection? Mm. So there's two there's two things going on, there's two things at play. I think we really think that we are really similar as human beings and 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 you know so to some extent we are but equally we're not there's there's 
there's just too much complexity to be able to draw parallels with each other mm -hmm. but we like to because it makes us feel happy about it mm -hmm. and I had a conversation yesterday with my other half about values so we're mm -hmm. talking about what was coming up on the podcast and and we then got into a longer discussion about kind of what relationships mean and um and that sort of thing and we talked about values and how you can have different values and where the conversation landed was actually you can have the same value but because you've got a different interpretation about it it oh. can mean two completely different things so we know that we have a shared value of fun however his version of fun <laughs> might be different than my version of fun and probably is yep. um not all the time but a lot of the time and um and therefore does that mean that we've got the same value or we haven't got the same value mm. and i think this is this plays out in this this question is really getting quite specific about some of the meanings that we place onto things mm -hmm. but then also how how that makes us feel yeah so really like I trust you you're faithful to me what does that mean yeah loyalty infid yeah. or fidelity what is fidelity you're right do we share the same value if if we define yeah. them differently yeah but in a in a truly secure relationship we can have whatever connections we want mm -hmm. But if we're secure and we know that we're coming back to each other, it almost doesn't matter. Mm. So for me, whether somebody's had an, an emotional affair, I mean, we've put, we've put a label on it, a title mm. that says it means a certain thing. But if somebody has a connection with somebody else that isn't you, mm. but if I feel secure in that relationship, would I still be affected by that? True. But I think, though, if you're secure, but like, but what if you find that your partner is for the big things, whether they're in crisis, whether they're having, you know, sharing their deepest moments in terms of like the past, and they're sort of sharing that with somebody else, but they're not sharing with you. Like you have a right to be like, I really would love to, to share those things with you. I, I. Do you have a right though? Have you really got a right to say somebody must share oh. all of those things with you? Oh, certainly not Do a right. Do have a right? Yeah. Not at all. But you can say, look, but that's what intimacy means to me is yeah. sharing stuff. And if I'm yeah. not, if you're not sharing stuff with me, then we're not having intimacy the way that I define it. Yeah. And it, and it just comes down to what we want out of life and how mm -hmm. the other partner m measures up to that or not. Right. But, and that has to be a two way, two way thing. So we can't yeah. have everything our own way. Although I found out at the weekend, apparently I am uh, um, the controller of the TV control. What? Wow. Like I didn't even know that. I was wow. like, that's great. I love that. Oh, wow. But apparently it might not last forever. Oh. Which I'm quite disappointed about. Oh. <laughs> man's like putting uh. his foot down. <laughs> and, and so here's the thing, like... This is what I've learned in terms of, um, and you know, and I, I think me and my dude have, we're, we're, we're shaking things up. We're super shaking things up. Like we're totally, the, the way that we define sort of fidelity, the way that we define, you know, who we are for each other has completely shifted in ways that mm -hmm. I never thought that I would entertain. And so far, so good. In fact, I have actually even grown through the experience. I'm excited for it. And so mm. I will say that, you know, if you let go of your stance just a little bit and mm. you, you let go of that sort of, this is the definition of fidelity, like what are the opportunities? I will say that it's pretty cool to kind of surprise yourself a bit and let go of your, you know, suppositions and actually start to, because, you know, there's a bit of freedom. Like if you release 
the chains of your partner just a little bit. Mm. Your chains also get released a bit and you get to sort of, you know, explore other things as well. Like I, I work with a lot of couples and, you know, gosh, particularly like, you know, couples where people where they're talking about relationship myths, people where they think my partner should want to hang out with me 24 hours a day. This really actually comes up with children. Like my partner should be Mm. in the trenches with me all the time. And I'm like, that simply just does not happen. So if you were to release your expectation just a bit of your partner being with you 24 hours a day and wanting to have only you for fun, what does that release you to? Does it allow you to explore, have other friendships, explore some of your hobbies, sort of, you know, where is the opportunity? It's hard, Mm. but where is it? Yeah. And that goes for all the beliefs that we hold to be true. If we can start to challenge them just a little bit. Mm. So why do I believe this? And what happens if I don't believe it anymore? Right. Then who knows what may happen? There might be loss. There might be change, but there's also going to be opportunity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Some spicy thoughts. It is spicy <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. Uh, so well, I, I yeah. hope that that, I think the, the ultimate is you can't stonewall somebody into being like, I won't talk about it. I know mm. it's not an option to stay in a relationship with this cold war going on. So no, you have to talk about it. Yeah, I think the key message is, yeah, and I would definitely avoid the the, the apology. So take that out of the equation for now mm-hmm. and start a discussion um, yeah. and see where it ends up. Yeah, nice. Mm. Beautiful. Nice. All right. Well, well, that was uh, that was spicy as we all think about going to Sydney, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot wrapped up this week. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well. I am I am going to toddle off to a lovely little spa treatment this afternoon. Oh, very good. Very nice. Enjoy. And I wish you yeah, a lovely Valentine's excited. Day with your fabulous yeah. uh, plans. I hope to hear yes. about the plans after they've been revealed. Yes. Yeah. So probably not next week because we'll be, when we record, we'll be spot on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, but maybe the week after we can share some more. Very good. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. well yes. I yeah. hope everybody has enjoyed their Valentine's Day as this episode airs after that. Yes, absolutely. I always get a bit confused as to what's going on. I'm always confused <laughs> about what day it is. <laughs> totally. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I should just stop counting time, really, and just, yeah, see what happens. I And just like you've said, right, stop counting time and stop mm. going by money. Let's go in a timeless, moneyless society. Yeah, all these constructs that would happen if we ignored them. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole different podcast. (laughs) Whole different podcast. Yeah. All righty. Well, I wish you a good week and um, yeah, stay, stay sane and uh, thank you. (laughs) Squeeze in some relaxation time. Okay. (laughs) We'll try my best. All right. All right. Till next time. Okay. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.